You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to the Transfer Podcast on Anfield Index Pro. I'm Trev Downey, podcasting to you from my field here in beautiful rural Ireland. And like you, I'm ready to be led by the hand through the world of transfer goings-on by our friend Dave Davis. Dave, how are you doing, mate? Always happy to speak to you, sir. Always happy. I'm looking forward to this one. We've got quite a bit going on. uh, And yet, an awful lot of people might claim the opposite. But I think there's some interesting bits and pieces that we can talk about. As ever, you've laid out our roadmap. And just to give people a little... little insight as to what they can expect we're, we're going to start with some lfc updates um as you've mentioned here in the in the um agenda itself there's not a whole lot going on there so we'll be quick enough through that um we're going to then for our club focus have a look at chelsea because um as we correctly predicted that's where the crazy is going to be yeah. uh, and if you're looking for rivals in crazy town then we're going to have a look at barca next uh, after that where there's obviously some uh, serious crack happening there and a lot of questions to be asked around the whole thing. We'll then have a wider look at Europe and then finish with the Premier League and have a look at what's going on there. So let's start then, if we can, Dave, with the LFC updates. Now, I mean, um, in a word, um, it's kind of stuff uh, confirmed that we had been on the verge of doing so on, on the last show. For example, Nico Williams uh, on his way out the door and the details yeah. there you can confirm in a minute. Um, let's let's start there just so we can wrap it up in a, a little bow so everybody's clear on that one and we can move to our next topic. In case anyone hasn't heard um, the final uh, setup there, what was the arrangements as Nico exited? Yeah, good a good fee in my opinion. Sixteen point seven million. There's they're not leaked the full details in regards to add-ons, but I think sixteen seventeen million tended to be the the journal journalist sort of writings. 
happy with that in simple terms. Good move for him. Good move for us. Happy days all around. Yeah, nothing more to be said on that one. However, one thing that we're going to be saying plenty on until it's no longer a real thing. Um, and anyone who knows me knows that I'm sort of um, uh, positive to a fault when it comes to Liverpool. And that's only a recent thing, really, I'll be honest. I used to be as a kid because we were wonderful. Uh, then a lot of years beat that out of you. But since Klopp's been at the club, um, everything does seem possible. And so I am very, very optimistic that we still might do something. Um, there's a voice in the back of my head, Dave, that's always saying, shut up, Trev, it's done. And we know <laughs> it. Jo- Joyce has told you the truth. Leave it, leave it rest. But, you know, there is the Jude Bellingham story that won't go away. Uh, and... Um, you know, he Kloppo himself has told us um, that uh, Julian Ward's doing bits still, whatever that means. Uh, but people are going to interpret it the way they want to interpret it. He did actually, though, come out and say a few things about the player in question. Would you yeah. walk people through this so that they can maybe get from the horse's mouth um, the latest on Jude Bellingham? Yeah, it's one of those things, isn't it? The devil's always in the detail, and then it depends how you do your subs, because two and two can equal 96 at times, depending on how you apply it. So, yeah. very careful the way he worded it, Klopp. So, the word was problem, actually, when he talked about Bellingham. So, very clear to say, the only problem, well, the problem with that player is he's not available, and that is the only problem with that player. Very carefully worded there. I mean, you can take what you want from that, I suppose, but the fact he knows he's not available will probably say Trevi's checked if he is in the first place, realistically. Quite clear that he's an admirer of that player. And then just very cleverly, I think, in a few other interviews, especially the ones with sort of the fan channels, you know, the LFC channels while he's out there, talking about Bellingham. He's very clear talking about our midfielder and he name checks them all, doesn't he? Almost all nine options, realistically, as in we've got this, we've got this, we've got this. They cover all bases. So why would I want another midfielder? And mentions Bellingham specifically, you know, a multiple number of times. Which, again, it could be two and two and getting 96. But as we know, that sets off all your chat on Discord, Twitter, wherever it may be. And I do get it. I do get it. It's now going to be right. So if we can get someone out, and I'll let you play blankety-blank and insert whatever you want possible. But if we get someone out, does that free it up? So obviously that will start the the wave of comments that way. So he's been very clever, Klopp, with the comments he's made. It's He's not shut it down, let's put it that way. It's still, uh, it'll blaze on all summer, I think, this one. A lot of people weren't doing exactly what you would expect, and I found myself just trying to avoid for that reason, because I'm the same as everyone else, and I get overly analytical, like you suggested, and you're trying to pick apart what it is the man is trying to tell us. And then you have to factor in, as I always try to remind everybody, and I know our pal Dave does as well, um, and it's like a shock to some people. It's almost like heresy, but you have to remember that Klopp does often talk a lot of shite for the fact that he has uh, a great take on most things in the world and seems to be a genuinely decent man and not given to the sort of crap you expect from other managers. He will obviously not give the full truth if it's not to the club's benefit. And so I think the smokescreen around how wonderful all the midfielders were, his indignance, in fact, at um, being asked questions about it, that really had the feel of amateur dramatics club yeah. 
you know Kloppo doing his Sunday night rehearsals down at the local parish hall for his his part in the in the pantomime because it just didn't ring true because if he was if that was genuine what's he doing why why are we talking to too many you know I mean let's let's be honest you know that that's yeah. just you know and I and I don't know and again it's not to be critical of a man I admire immensely I don't know that it helps that nonsense i don't know that it helps i think everyone would prefer if you want you know, obviously we'd, we'd like to address that and i've heard dave and this is just, this is the question i'm building to very awkwardly here a lot of people are reckoning that you know one of the main reasons he doesn't want to talk about any more incomings um in the midfield is in case the poor lads will have their feelings hurt and i've genuinely heard this put across by people like he's not going to say that um you know because at the time i think he was being interviewed by uh, he was being interviewed in a panel where there was a couple of midfielders yeah. sitting opposite him. And then other people in an article saying, well, he's not going to because lads will have their feelings hurt. I'm like, they're not that fucking delicate. And honestly, Dave, I mean, I don't know if I buy that. And if I do buy that, how fragile are these little blossoms? You know what I mean? It, nobody nobody worried about when we were being linked with Darwin Nunes, whether any of our strikers would get pissed off, you know? So what's your take on that? What's your, what's your take on the, on the you know, the, the veracity or honesty of, of 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 his chat around this issue. It's a difficult one. I say it, at his root core, Klopp is one of I say the most loyal managers I've ever seen. He's very loyal to players. He gets the most out of them, whatever stage they're at. If that's the right phrase of their career. So I think that plays a part in it. On the the second part, it's. He's never going to be fully honest. I think people have got to remember that he's never going to be fully honest and say. To be honest, here we are. This is my midfield. If I get a half-decent offer for Rocks, I'm just looking to ship him out, basically, because let's be honest, he played about 10 times in total last season. You know, he's not just going to lay that on the table as well. So I think to link to the original point, he's not beyond talking crap, but it's got to be what, you know, there's a context to why he's saying that and what he can do. He's also not going to go, well, you know, where everyone thinks of Naby, he's got injury problems, Milner's hanging on, it's just to see the youngsters through. So we've got to keep that in mind. I, I just think, though, he sometimes leads himself down the path of trouble. He could have just kept it really statesmanlike to go, yeah, that's a quality player. Absolutely, we're aware of him on the market. But, you know, we've got the midfield we've got. We'll see what happens. You know, just something really brief like that. I, I get what you're saying. I do get totally that we shouldn't be wallflowers to them. But if he's not going to sign Bellingham, he might be calling upon these players. And they say if he does need Oxley Chamberlain at any time, Trevor, and he said, to be honest, he's ninth choice and I want shot of him. Is he really going to step in for you and really give it his all? You know, which we know how big Jürgen is on the the loyalty, the team building aspect. You know, it's one of his big strengths at the same time. Let's not lie on that. So I do get it, but I think it's a load of BS, some of it. But I do get it, put it that way. Long, And that was a long answer, but a long answer to a long question. No, absolutely, and and I, I, I appreciate it because it's not a one-liner. And um, you're right. If the question was 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 several shades of grey, the answer has to be two. And uh, it's just it's just a fact. But I, I sometimes I think that people are a little bit simplistic in the in the whole. Well, Jurgen would never lie thing. And you, you know you I have agree. to you have to have a little bit of 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 sort of. Um, I don't know, uh, understanding of the scenario as well and why people say what they say. We are two hours and 15 minutes away from the second friendly uh, of yeah. the preseason. And with that in mind, um, 
we are within our rights to be wondering about the squad makeup and we've heard rumors that it's going to be a little bit more realistic looking today in terms of two solid teams for a half each that's the rumor we yeah. know that we know that a person that's not going to be involved in, in today's is Ben Davies, who's still I was I had I, I with with Cam on the Anfield Index podcast during the week. I I read him out a, a quote from or a headline from News Now, and the, the headline was, was uh, outstanding player linked with move away from Liverpool, and I said who do you reckon this is? And it, of course it's Ben Davies, and and it says who Ben Davies who was described as outstanding on his arrival. Uh, now I mean we we wouldn't know. Dave, because we never get to see Ben Davies. Uh, I, I feel tremendously sorry for this kid. I really do. Um, but it looks as if he's on his way out the revolving door and headed towards the championship. Yeah. yeah, it's a bit of a sad tale almost, isn't he? I mean, we were, let's be honest, we were desperate when he came in and we thought he'd probably be used just because he was a central defender. It's obviously never worked out for him. In simple terms, yeah, he, football's a ruthless game. He He's probably not good enough. Outstanding maybe for the championship. Nowhere near for Liverpool. And yeah, as you said, championship clubs galore are interested in. We, we know Middlesbrough, Blackburn. Interestingly enough, Sheffield United had didn't go back for him, which maybe says something. I don't know. Stoke have also inquired. So his agent is almost just doing a tour with him at championship clubs at the moment. So a decision will be made by him. And naturally, they've got to meet Liverpool's asking price, which suggestions are anywhere around the three million mark gets it done because we already made the money back with the loan fee to Sheffield United as it was. So it's not really cost us anything. It's just get yourself a championship move and crack on with your career. Yeah. And, and fingers crossed for the kid that that happens. Uh, you know, um, most of us are sort of resigned to the fact that outgoings are all that remain in terms of the squad makeup of Liverpool. And two lads who might well be atop that list are um, Nat Phillips and Reese Williams. Um, now, of course, pre-season friendly. Of course, weird selection. Of course, half yeah. hour spell. But a lot of criticism slung the two lads way uh, on the back of the latest outing. Um, yeah. And, you know, I suppose we have to be a little bit realistic here. I think an awful lot of people are getting very excited about um, Nat and thinking, well, he's the, the, the second coming of, 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 I don't know, some sort of uh, stereotypical English centre-half, uh, um, 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 you know, totem. It hasn't really worked out that way. It doesn't look as if Bournemouth are willing to pay a transfer fee for him. Um, as for Reese Williams... He's so far down the pecking order now, he must be thinking, well, what's the point here? Because certainly I'd imagine best case scenario he could hope for if he was to hang around and that was to go is maybe sixth, certainly fifth. They'd be very, very best at the outside because you'd imagine yeah. it's going to be Fabinho stepping back before he would start. So talk, talk to me around those two guys and what you think the likely future is for them. It's now nah, if we look at that first, it's such a difficult one because you're right, there was that expectation it's going to be made a permanent move to Bournemouth. He goes there, everyone's happy, you know, great move for everyone. He's playing the Premier League, etc. For whatever reason, at first, they've not executed that permanent move. And then, saying from the, the people that we've been discussing it with, from the few sources that we have, the indication was Liverpool were almost using him as the, the backup, the get out of jail free card that they were going to tag out down Gomez, which they did. You know, we've got four centre-halves locked down there now. So he was the 
pull in case of emergency option, i.e. in case we have an injury crisis, but not really going to be used. But that didn't obviously seem to really sit. So then the latest we've had is Bournemouth have made the loan inquiry again. And we were, we were almost thinking about that with a small loan fee, which we said before, it doesn't really seem to make sense for any party at all. You know, Nat talked in pre-season about wanting, you know, a settled picture playing at the highest level. It's it's a really, really bizarre one. The latest we have is that Leeds have come in. Now, I don't know if that's like a perm alone, but Leeds are apparently in for him and inquiry. He's going to have to make a decision really on, on that. And I'd hope in the nicest way, it's just a quick conversation with Jürgen and Nat saying, what do you want? Listen, I want to play football at the highest level. Let's get it sorted. I don't think it helps to have him hanging around. That That's my personal opinion, just to be clear on that. So I just get the feeling this moves Nat towards the exit door, whatever it is, which then naturally re- revolves to Reese because if Klopp does want that get-out-of-jail-free card, pull in case of emergency, as you said, is that Reese then the final option? But you probably still have... Fabinho, I know Van der Berg is looking at offers, as we said last week, but I'd say he's a better option, even though he's probably departing one way or the other. It's just very bizarre. The problem you've got with Reese is his move to Swansea last season was not a success. It wouldn't be classed that way by Swansea fans at all. So it's who's going to take him at, you know, at what level and what real fee are you going to get, whether it be loan or perm. So I think we'll see developments on this quite quickly. There's offers, what I know is we said, there's offers on the table for that. So I think we're going to see this quickly in terms of he moves somewhere or we are going to keep him as that emergency. But just being honest, Trev, I just think it suits both those parties to get out of Liverpool. They had the nice day in the sun. I don't want to downplay it at all. You know, they did, did good work for us, but I don't want to overplay it at the same time. Don't think they're going to make the grade. Let's do what's best for the lads. Simple as that. Yeah, be, I'd be like you. I'd be forever appreciative, uh, but I did hear it spun in an altogether different way, as is, yeah. as is his want by young Hendrik, who said uh, Klopp got us that position with those two lads at centre half, which is another way of looking at things and maybe putting it into a little bit of perspective. Not quite so rosy with the tinted spectacles. Let's see how that pans out. Certainly, I think there'll be uh, movement on one or both. Um, But we'll move away from Liverpool now and on to the um, highly entertaining place that is Chelsea. And I saw a a tweet earlier on, Dave, which went along the lines of in a picture of a very smug-looking um, uh, American who happens to play for them, w- w- sitting there in his new kit, wearing his shades, uh, and they ha- were one of these like little check boxes where this is how Chelsea t- fans feel when they realise that we've got the best manager, the best uh, squad, the best attackers, the best defenders, the best blah blah blah, and wow. you know the the hubris is is uh, is stunning. Um, um, but I love it because uh, the more lads like that go out in the limb, the happier I am. Yeah. But there is quite a lot going on. Now, the way you phrased it here is that the Chelsea madness starts. We've got franchise players uh, versus Tuchel's ideas. Set it up for us and then we'll go through the various uh, personnel and names, big names that have moved or are being linked with moves. Yeah. It's, I mean, on record, Obviously, I despise Chelsea as a club and what they stand for. But from a transfer perspective, they are the entertainment or they're one of the big headline entertainments this summer. 
And my word, Sweeney Todd, the demon dealer of Stamford Bridge, is setting this up so nicely, Trev. Literally, if you look at the players they're signing or they're linked with, it's headline franchise players, as we'd said before. Obviously, he's been looking at the American style of trades as well. You've then got that very much against Tuchel's ideas, as we said, when when they've moved out the Bruce Books, Maria, can't pronounce the surname, you know, Peter Keck's moved on. Very much Tuchel's, whether he wants it or not, as we've discussed, taken that rise up to involved in transfer dealings. I would love to know, which we probably never will, how does this actually suit your ideals? Because if you look at the players they're targeting, they're not young. If you look at the players they've got, you know, Sterling, as we know, which we'll come on to, not young. Koulibaly, definitely not young. You know, as we know, that one's pretty much, pretty much done. It's it's interesting. I'd love to be a fly on the wall in those conversations. But yeah, for context, Chelsea are going to be absolutely fascinating all summer, Trev. Simple as that. Well, let's knock over a few of these skills. Um, Raheem Sterling um, is over the line as a deal. Yeah. <clears throat> and it's, ob- it's, a, it's objectively, you would have thought, a decent move. Um you can talk to me around the money if you want and whether you think it's value. But just on in terms of a, a player in who might suit them, I think that's really good business on their on their part. You could see a rejuvenated Sterling doing really good things there. Um, another City player looking like it, he's moving towards uh, Chelsea is Nathan Aki, who originally was bought for what looked like an inflated fee because it was Manchester City. And yeah. now it's being sold for a similar, if not slightly bigger fee, having done very little to justify that original yeah. fee. Uh, and it feels a little bit hinky. Uh, I'll go no further than that and we'll just leave that sit. People can interpret that whatever way they like. But again, around the Sterling deal, which is done, and the Aki one, which is quite close, what do we know? Yeah, I mean, Sterling is a big name, whatever you say. He's... He's a polarising character, Raheem Sterling, isn't he? People tend to, to love him or hate him, unfortunately, one way or the other, whatever your opinion may be. So, like you, some people look at it as great business for the same about £47.5 million. Some people think it's a great move for City. I think the, the other interesting thing I saw is the wages, at least £300,000 a week. So, with more with bonuses, they're talking he's going to be about the fourth, fifth highest paid player in the Premier League, never mind at Chelsea. So we'll we'll come on to that later because there's a few ructions coming out from that. Ake, Ake's fascinating, really. If you look at the fees he's fetching against the ability he has, crazy, absolutely crazy. The two I'm really struggling to to sort of mirror together. Additionally, the the one thing that also just is a little bit astounded, if that's the right phrase. Left-sided centre-backs seems to be Sweeney Todd's favourite at the moment. Like, <laughs> if you, literally, if you're looking at Kula Ballet, Aki, I know people say Aki pay, can play left-back, absolutely, but left-sided centre-back, you know, that type of thing. And another one that will come on to as well. It seems to be like playing Pokemon, I don't know, catch them all type of thing. So it's an interesting strategy, but again, anything but dull at Chelsea. You know, I saw some PR stuff that uh, was released around uh, Sterling's signing. I don't know if you saw this, Dave, but it was sort of like a, a like an extended 20, 25-minute video just showing him settling on his first day or days. 
yeah. the only part the only part I I watched was a part that was thrown up specifically to kind of lampoon the whole thing and it was him uh, having a little chat with I think Malang Sar uh and you know, he was saying, you know, Sarah said, oh, you, you know, you're happy to be here. He said, oh, yeah, I'm really happy to be here. And he, he sort of leans into it. He says, so you a center half or a left back or where, where do you play? And I was like, <laughs> I was like, okay, that's like something I'd say, Raheem, but you know, this is your, uh, this is your uh, uh, stock and trade. So I thought that was a bit weird. Uh, in terms of other things, you mentioned Koulibaly earlier on, and this yeah. is a massive story. And the minute I saw that, and I wanted to talk to you about this. The minute I saw that, I went, that's a fantastic move for them. Because every time I see Koulibaly, he impresses the hell out of me. Um, and it seemed to be just like literally from the blue, that story. Uh, and I don't like it. And I'll tell you why I don't like it, Dave, is because even though he is 31, whatever he is, um, I'm 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 always impressed by by him. I think he's a fantastic uh, presence, and it's an area that they need addressing. And so it seems sensible, and I don't like it that they're addressing it with a good footballer. That's where I stand on Koulibaly. But I like your take, obviously, which is the point, uh, and maybe Kipembe as well is being mentioned. So talk to me around that area. Yeah, Koulibaly is a fascinating one. Like you say, he's he's one that's been touted for a move to the Premier League and a big club, you know, like Spain type of thing for many, many a year. But it looks like it's finally happened at 31. I think there's a bit of suspicion that Napoli and notorious difficult operators in the Lyon category. So maybe that's been the delay. And now that he's got a year left, literally, you know, they have to take a fee or he's going on a free. So that's part of it. I, it's genuinely, Trevor, fascinating one call the ballet for me. I actually think it's going to sound a strong statement. He will define a large part of how successful Chelsea's season is. Because if we assume, and this is an assumption, don't get me wrong, that Tuchel keeps like a, a three centre-halves at the back, you'd think maybe Thiago Silva would be the sweeper, if you want to call him that, you know, the, the game reader. Koulibaly on the left-hand side of those three, you know, being an aggressive front-foot player. I mean, He's an absolute unit, isn't he? Just physical attributes are all there for for Premier League football. So how he settles will be big. The one thing I'm just saying, it's intriguing. Like A lot of it looks simple on the surface. It's a late time to come to the Premier League. And we know the pace from Italy, Serie A up to that is a massive increase. So it'll be interesting to see how we... However, however, I, I think... Maybe unfortunately, because I'm not a big Chelsea fan like yourself, he may do well, and that that will be interesting. So I just think for for Koulibaly, he will have a big definition on Chelsea season overall, if and when it most likely happens. Kim Pembe, I was like, okay, I was trying to really sort of rationalise that one, especially with Ake coming as well. Thinking, is Ake going to left wing back? Is he cover? Because obviously Chilwell's back as well. I know they want rid of Alonso, as we said. But he's not a bad player. I'm not saying that by any means. I think he's one that maybe because PSG are in the Champions League, sometimes a FIFA-style player, as I call them, reputational player rather than better than what you see. People might think differently, but that's my honest thoughts. I don't really understand that one. I'm not going to lie. It's not like he can play on the right, which would have made more sense. So I'll be fascinated to see what they do with Kimpembe. But my honest thoughts in simple terms were, Trev, if Koulibaly is going to do well, which I think he might, 
play well, which I think he might, why get Kimpembe, which I don't get. So, long story short, that's where I think it is. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, it has a feel. It's starting to have a little bit of feel of, uh, you know, real flexing of the muscles here and getting in um, a whole lot of players. And, of course, that makes us Reds, um, well, some of us at least, get very, very itchy and antsy and wondering why we're, in inverted commas, standing still. So do bear that in mind, folks. There's going to be a lot of that kind of chat going on uh, over the next couple of weeks, so maybe plug the ears. Uh, but there's a, a story that kind of links the two uh, uh the two sections that we're going to do and that we're doing currently and what we're going to do next which is the uh mr de young will finish with that one because like i say it's a good kind of link and segue into talking about barca where there's more crack going on as well but we'll just finish with two other stories that are chelsea related obviously because they have a lot of money um they have been linked with um one of the players who's available and uh, uh will cost a lot of money which is cristiano ronaldo and the other thing yeah. then to, bal- to balance up then is they have a bit of a situation where they need to make sure they hang on to some of their established talent in the form of mason mount and Reese James, who have uh, contract situations that need addressing. So maybe start off with the Ronaldo one, and then if you move on to the contracts for the boys, uh, we'll finish then talking about Mr. De Young. That's fine. Right, guys, strap yourselves in. We are about to go through the exciting Chelsea whistle-stop tour. So we'll start with Ronaldo. As we said, Finlink, there was clearly talks between his entourage, Mendes especially, and Chelsea. Simple terms, that is now not going ahead. It's been a, a few have broken that. Not really clear who's made that ultimate decision. You can speculate either way, but he's a complete no-no on that one. Contract-wise, Sterling's not caused ructions. That's the wrong phrase, but it's just put a few questions alongside a few players. So naturally, when it's confirmed that it's 300,000 plus, you know, top four or five earners, you look at who Chelsea got, who's contractual-wise got any question marks against them and the two interestingly that have been now discussed are Mason Mount and Reese James so expectation that Reese James would sign a new contract with a few years left but I'd look to see what Reese James is demanding because let's be honest he is a star at Chelsea whatever you think about him so won't be surprised if he starts asking for hold on Raheem's got 300 grand a week what am I getting so that might not be as smooth sailing as they want. Same with Mason Mount. Again, an England youngster. You get you get your English tax, don't you, as we know, Trev. So I think that is going to be a few that are not going to be as straightforward a negotiation as possible. I still expect them to get done. That's my honest opinion. But I think they'll be yes, thinking, yes, Raheem, you've just got a nice little pay packet bumper there. So that's the, the contract situation. And oh, the pièce de résistance at the Chelsea Circus the De Jong midfielder scenario. So naturally the conversation with Chelsea and Barca tended to be about outgoings as in Alonso and Azpilicueta. However, didn't really expect this to be discussed, but Chelsea are looking at midfield options. So De Jong then comes on the table and naturally, well, what a circus this has been with the United Barca and we'll revisit that later. We won't go in too much. Chelsea have asked though. That is what we know. What's his situation? Is it possible? So it's just another little snippet there which we'll come on to and then the other one that may interest Liverpool fans a bit more is they have made a solid inquiry for Matthias Nunes 
Now, well, the reason that is worth mentioning is with the Bellingham side, we know Nunes has been talked about as if there is a move this summer, that's a potential. Again, we can speculate on that, but what we're hearing specifically is Chelsea have made a solid inquiry for Matthias Nunes, really athletic, box-to-box midfielder with plenty of raw ability. So, I don't know. Since he signed that contract, Sweeney Todd's just out his cage, Trev. He is going absolutely insane. But, listen, he's giving us a show each week, isn't he, at the moment? So, long may it continue. He's, it's yeah, absolutely. He's the uh, the entertainment meister for us, and uh, the only ones to rival uh, uh, Chelsea are Manchester United and Barcelona. And we're going to have a little yeah. look at Barcelona now, but via Manchester United. So let's start with the De Jong story, which you've alluded to. Obviously, Chelsea asking questions, but also there's. A weird situation, you know, Liverpool fans and rival fans, non-United fans are loving it because it would appear as if it's very much not what the player wants, a move to United. Um, but it's a it's a complex situation that I don't think people, people just go off and take a snippet of information and run with that and make up yeah. their arguments, as is the case in every walk of life now at the moment. It doesn't matter whether you're talking politics or history or whatever. People just pick yeah, a yeah. fact and they ride that fact all the way to their corner and they shed for their team. But I'd rather if you maybe gave us a little bit of the insight that you've had from looking at this deal. What is actually is going on with the the, the the young situation. It seems needlessly complex and it does seem like there are many different push and pull forces going on. Yeah, I think that that's a good way of phrasing it. There's so many elements to this. You can't just look at it in one piece. In fact, probably going through them, I wouldn't be surprised if I even miss one. So if you think about it from the player's point of view, first of all, actually quite happy at Barcelona. There's no indication he wants to leave. That's been the suggestions from his agents. So where's the negatives? Well, Barcelona clearly want to sell him. A couple of reasons for that are that they owe him a fortune in wages still, back pay, if you want to call it that, from the deferments last summer. And naturally, when the La Liga set the rules out, so you know, you're not just going to be able to defer it again for your players. They've got that issue, so to speak. So, you know, he, he is the highest wage earner is what we're hearing at Barcelona. So to get that off the books would be massive for them. So, Despite what they're realistically saying, the indications are Barcelona would like him to leave. So bringing it back to the player, the player doesn't necessarily want to leave. But if you're not wanted, Trev, then you're going to start looking elsewhere. So who's on the table? United. And United, like they get played so often in the transfer market, have got played again, if if it happens. So the initial talks of the fee are now up around with add-ons, 85 million euros. We're talking about 71 million all-in, which isn't the starting price. Trust me, it was touted around sort of the 59 million mark at one stage. So in typical Harry Maguire style, United are up in the ante. And it would be surprising me if they get pushed again because it's Man United. Their execs have flown out to discuss that. And obviously, Barca are nudging that up all the time. It really is, though, a game of brinkmanship, Trev, because De Jong, does not want to go to United. We know that. They're not in the Champions League. It's not a move he wants. They are offering a big whack-off wage, so that, that might be the conversation, but he doesn't want the move. Barcelona really do want him to move because, at the end of the day, they need those wages clearing off the books. They need that, that back pay sorted one way or the other, so they'll be trying to finesse, if that's the right word, a deal in true Barcelona financial style. 
And then his agents are in this because agents are naturally saying, well, hold on, Frankie, you're not just giving up money, so to speak. We don't owe them anything. So it's, it's a big tussle. All in the meantime, it's clear that Barcelona will accept offers, as we said. Chelsea are asking. I, I would just wonder if there's another club comes asking, according to our sources. If Barca are smart, they can just panic United into even more. You know, I would be surprised if we hear something like, actually, he's now going for 78 million, you know, a little bit more on the deal. And it's, it's happened, shall we say, one way or the other. If it does happen, though, it is going to be the most miserable shirt presentation any, anywhere you'll see because all the fans, United fans, brilliant, we've got him. Can you imagine how sad De Jong's going to look? He doesn't want to go there <laughs> at all. He's going to be crying at shirt presentation. But th- mm. this is literally the saga of the summer. Predictions? I think you'll hear something like Chelsea or one other club may, may come in. But I think just United being United, they are going to put a stupid amount of money more than they already initially wanted to on the table. <laughs> and Barca kick him out the door. I know that sounds terrible, but listen, we'll talk about Barca's financial situation. They need that to happen because they're poor financial management. So they need it to happen. Simple as that. You know, you couldn't have teed me up better because I wanted to segue from this to the most underwhelming contract extension uh, video I've ever seen in my life. which featured Usman Dembele on, on a whiteboard, <laughs> changing the amount of numbers, changing the year on which he was about to, uh, his deal was about to expire. Yeah. And I just thought, holy shit, is this actually, I thought, honestly, Dave, I thought it was uh, satire. Um, it was like something from the office, but no, it's real. Uh, and it looks like he's going to hang around. Um before we finish off with the more kind of tantalizing stories about Lewandowski and Rafinha, the Dembele thing is a weird one because I imagine Dembele is some big money there too. Yeah, he's, he's absolutely crazy. Like his contract's coming to an end, so Dembele's agents naturally expect that the offers are going to come flooding in on similar money. The, the problem he's got is because of his injuries and his previous behavior, you know, getting the move and the way he's been. A lot of clubs are just not prepared to take that chance, which I understand. You know, the, the raw ability is there. I'm not going to doubt that for one second, but no one's going to take that chance that he expected to come in terms of wages, bonus fee, because he's a, you know, he's a free transfer, so a lump sum for signing on. So they've kind of scoured the market, and a little bit, it's a, it's a roundabout turn, almost the tail back between the legs of, would you put anything on the table for me, Barcelona? So they've had those chats because, you know, they, they did want to originally. So Laporta said, yeah, we'll take you. But there's going to have to be a deal made where, you know, that back pay that we had issues with, you're going to have to give that up and you're going to have to take a bit of a reduced salary. I mean, how much is that a full tail between your legs? Embarrassment almost for the player, Trev. And then just to sort of be cherry on the cake for that deal. I'm not being funny. I'd expect a non-league team to come up with a better presentation than that, in all honesty. I mean, a whiteboard and a marker, it's like a nine-year-old at school type of job, isn't it, type of thing, realistically. It was it was almost embarrassing for the club and the player. So I think it just shows how far Dembele's stock's fallen, how skinned Barca are. They probably can't afford a graphics video as well as the transfers they want. Just 
a bit embarrassing all around, really. And how is it then that they're still being linked with really desirable talents like Rafinha, who actually looks like he's close to agreeing a deal, and Lewandowski, uh, who is being linked as well, although it's not, it's far from, it's far from a thing yet. And you know, people like Kounde. What, 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 explain to, is it just the lure of Barcelona? I, I assume it's that. I can only assume now, having reached two, conclu- well, two conclusions I'm going with. Number one, Ant and Deck are doing their Saturday night show and they're controlling the report. So, you know, we say this, do this. Kind of thing, and it's all a bit of a skin. That's number one. Number two, insert mind altering drugs. Like maybe, maybe, you know, LSD for Laporta, something like that. That's all I can assume, Trev, because it's just insane. It was quite clear at their extraordinary meeting they needed this money to survive. You know, we don't want to sell the family silver, but we're going to have to. But those were the words. We need this money to survive. So up to $267 million comes in. Remember that, money to survive as in pay debt, back pay wages, you know, keep the club afloat. However, Trev, that then is leading to, as we said, the deal for Rafinha, which we're led to believe is around the 55 million mark. It's like, hold on, we thought this was needed to sort of keep you afloat. Lewandowski is really, you know, again, it's going to be around the 50 million mark for a 34-year-old crazy. And then Kunde, again, the fees being talked about are around 40 to 45 million. I just really can't reconcile it in the terms of, we need this money to keep us going to survive. Was it just a black? They're just like, listen, honestly, like Laporta sat there going, lads, we can get this money out of them and just rinse it for transfers. Like, honestly, just keep throwing some empathy story where we're struggling, you know, we love the club, blah, blah, blah. And they'll just keep giving us transfer money while we rack up debt. It is absolutely insane. But it's almost not because it's Barcelona, if that makes sense. Nothing should surprise you anymore. I guarantee you, Trev, they will take more money. They'll pull one of those economic levers, as they call it, and say, listen, we need it now to survive, you know, that type of thing. And they will spend more money on players. Do you know what, do you know what the other one, analogy I can use? Do you know when Ariel bring out a new brand and they say, oh, this is the best one, Ariel. Well, that's the best one. OK. And then they bring out Ariel Ultra. Oh, Ariel Ultra does what Ariel didn't do. Hold on. You said Ariel was good. No, but Ariel Ultra is the best. And then they'll bring out Aerial Ultra 3000, which does what Aerial Ultra didn't do. Hold on, I thought that was like, no, no, trust us, this is the... They're just conning people time and time again. It's actually amazing what's happening, and this is the real world. It's not a it's not a sort of fantasy story, so to speak. It is absolutely real world. And listen, long may it continue, because it's fascinating. You're right, man. It has all the the the... the evidence and, and sort of suggestions of, of just tremendous spin and PR and uh, I love that phrase pulling the economic lever yeah that's just such a that's just pure shit talk isn't it but it's just a, yeah. a thing a thing that people just say it's just a thing you said it doesn't mean anything but anyway interesting stuff and I can't I can't uh, I can't tell you how grateful I am to the likes of Chelsea and Barcelona for their uh, for their madness there are some other things going on in your Europe um, uh, with uh, some of the bigger clubs and well-known yeah. na- names. Um, 
Bayern Munich, of course, uh, notoriously well-run outfit, um, both from the staffing point of view and the, the player point of view and the business side of things and all of that. And they seem to still be getting linked with Delict. Um, yeah. It, it, there's an interest. I know. Yeah, I think you've quite strong opinions about this kid. Uh, and obviously, the Lewandowski situation is far from clear, uh, as is the sort of whirl of stories around Serge Nabry. Maybe take us through what you think is happening currently with Bayern and those guys in particular. Yeah, he's still delict. The Dutch Harry Maguire is still rumbling on. It's quite, it's quite clear that they want him. I still don't get this one. You know, I'll, I'll wait to be proved wrong. But the fees they're talking for a year left for a guy who's flopped really at Juventus astounds me. But it's quite clear they want him. The problem they've got is because of the fee wanted, they're going to have to sell Lewandowski. That is a big, big thing. The, the most interesting thing is, Trev, is since he's come back, he, I've never seen a more disinterested training session than Lewandowski. Literally, they had videos out of it. It sort of took storm on Twitter a bit. Didn't do half the running. Wasn't listening when Nagelsmann was, you know, giving out instructions or sort of geeing them up, just literally turning his back. At one point, it was amazing. He was in the losing team and they were instructed to do press-ups, you know, if you lost like a standard sort of training task. Just didn't do them, Trev. It was amazing. And then at one in one of the shots, one of the short five-second snippets, his team with the bibs on that had lost are doing press-ups. Trev, he's got a cup which looks like he's drinking coffee, which says Kit Kat on the side of it. Absolutely <laughs> unbelievable. Do you know what I mean? This is, yeah. like, this is not a skit. This is like a world-class striker just basically tosses it off at but you know, Bayern Munich trading. So, he, I mean, it's been known all summer he wants to go. Literally is now, just couldn't make it more clear. And then you can quite see there's a few people try and talk to him. He speaks to like two people the entire time just ignores people so it's unbelievable yeah what's happening there I didn't think he was kind of would do that shall we say but it'll be interesting to see how that develops and then Navri, yeah linked with every man and his dog understandably for a player of that character with a year left their suspicions are he's just done a Leroy Sane on them Sane did the same you know with a year left and he's touted around Europe again what happens gets a whacking wage increase Navri looks and says, well, you know, there's all this attacking talent, you know, I'm going to lay it on thick here, there's Komen, you know, I'm not going to play in his position, Sané's there, you brought in Mane, you know, all these top talents, so I'm probably going to start looking, you know, looking around as we know, seeing what you can get on a free. So what do Bayern do? They come back with a slowdown surge, actually, we'll, we'll put this on the table. So again, I think he's just going to have played them Leroy Sané style, and it looks like he's going to end up with a great whacking wage increase. So, bah, not quite as excited as Barcelona or Chelsea, but Bayern Munich are doing the, the Bundesliga routine of that. Yeah, absolutely. And if we if we can't rely on, on, on the biggest and richest club to do that, then we're, we're going to be in trouble. So, again, more fun for us to uh, keep watching those spinning plates. Uh, the, 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 the big... Uh, Biggest, currently biggest club in in um, in Italy, Juventus are doing business as well. We had already flagged up the Paul Pogba and uh, Di Maria moves. Um, uh, you, you had you had 
already sort of said that they looked likely weeks ago uh, yeah. and it looks like they're done i mean i we've we have talked about this again i've asked your opinion on it but just to reconfirm for those who might have missed the previous show i think you were coming down on the side of look um with the likes of Di Maria and Pogba in Syria it should be a no lose scenario that's my take what 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 what's yours yeah, it's, a, it's another move for the Juventus free transfer retirement village, isn't it, in the nicest way? It's great for it's great for shirt sales. No two ways about it. They are big names. You'd be you know you'd be a fool to say they weren't. You, you can argue if Di Maria's better days are behind him. I think pretty a simple argument there. Pogba, it's an interesting one. As you said, as much as he's flopped in the Premier League, he did well at Juventus. Now you can argue whether that's down to the system, the players around him, whatever, but he's going to a place he was loved and appreciated. So if it was a Premier League club, I'd be thinking these are not the best moves. But actually, I think as you're alluding to that, I think there's real merit in these two. I'm not saying they're going to set the world alight, you know, or, or be title winners, but free transfers, free transfers may be a trace description with the amount they'll be taking in wages and the signing on fees, don't get me wrong. But as free transfers, I think there's merit to that business, to be honest. Two left, then. What do we make of the movement of Mr. Witzel to Atletico? That's an interesting one um, uh, because of the club concerned and the player himself, who is, I think, kind of kind of uniformly uh, highly thought of. What, what do you make of this? Good move. Good move. No no doubts about it. We said before, Atletico... With the uh, the 30th of June cut off, they were in a bit of trouble with their wages. They didn't sell anyone, so they're going to be limited who they can get. I think they've got a really good player on a free transfer there. I do think, you know, he's defensive-minded midfielder, so we know Simeone loves them to start with. So free transfer, great move for the player, great move for them. And closer to home to sort of segue us back into the PL roundup, which we're going to do to finish the show. Mr. Chukwemeka, um, yeah. his, situa- his situation at Aston Villa. Let's 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 look at that because again, we're talking about a guy who's massively highly rated. Mentioned in yeah. sort sort of rarefied atmospheres by some of the comparisons that I've heard um, and some of the moves potentially that I've heard that could be possible for him. Not uh, excluding uh, uh, wearing a red shirt. Talk to yeah. us about um, his situation at Villa to sort of segue us into the Premier League section of the show. Actually, yesterday, to be fair, it, it took a turn, so to speak. I mean, if you've not heard of him, highly rated midfielder, you know, one one that's really tipped as I think someone actually called him a, the next Gerard at one stage. Well, maybe wasn't too well known, but naturally, as England have just won the the under nineteen Euros, the real star there. So that's obviously catapulted him forward into some people's living rooms that way. Lot like Trev said, lot of interest. Liverpool are interested in this player, a young English talent. Year left, we've heard this before, haven't we? So we were interested. Dortmund have made strong inquiries. You know, we're asking Villa, what are they asking? So Villa had wanted him to sign a contract. They'd really been pushing. There'd been a Almost that that brinkmanship with Villa, like what can we play? A, what can we pay? Sorry, a youngster. What's the limit? You know, do we break that limit for this kid? So that's been the debate. However, it's been going on that long. Stevie G has laid down the law. So as of yesterday, he sent him home from their their tour trip, literally saying, "Train on your own. You kind of you're with us or you're not, so to speak." So it will be fascinating what happens there. Does is there any sort of sudden movement it wouldn't surprise me at the same time does Chuck Wemmicker want to 
ride out the year, so to speak, and go on a free, something will happen because Villa don't really seem to have any tools in their arsenal. When Stevie G has made that decision to send him home, I'd expect movement on this one quite soon. I think that's fascinating. That's Stevie Angle. I think it's really fascinating. And like you say, it speaks to something happening uh, of a quite dramatic nature in the immediate future, you would have thought. And, you know, around the Premier League, I think what we'll do is, because I saw Guy Drinkle mention it, we might finish with this Inchenko story, but let's go around and have a look at some of the other ones. Um, Wolves have lined up a potential move. Yeah, Wolves, we know they're like the, the 3 5 2, whichever Portuguese manager is in charge at the time. So they love three at the back. Nathan Collins from Burnley. So didn't wasn't ex, wasn't outstanding, but well liked or, you know, didn't really harm his reputation in that Burnley run towards the end where they were nearly, nearly surviving. So good move for the, the player, I'd say. Fee, fee is good. I think we're talking around the 20 million mark. That's very good business from Burnley because he's relegated. Good move for Wolves, I'd say, as well. You know, they play three centre-backs. They're going to need stock there as well. Good move all round, really. And just on the Burnley note, this is one of the ones I was going to throw at you. I've, I've seen that they've offloaded Wayne Hennessy to Forest. Yeah. Uh, yeah. uh, so, again, I mean, <laughs> I've seen a lot of uh, conflicting reports and, and opinions about Hennessy. Interestingly, from some people, uh, you know, from some Welsh fellas. Uh, so it's, it's quite interesting to, 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 to see what that turns out like. But another one that's done there just in relation to what we've been talking about. Yeah. Uh, we have other kind of um, moves on the go as well. Um, Spurs look like they're close to a deal as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a, it's been kind of raging on a bit this summer and there was the expectation, but it does look like Jed Spence will be done in the near future, possibly depending on when this goes out, even done, so to speak. It's It was one that the player wants it. Naturally, you know, if you're going to play for Middlesbrough or Spurs, it's a pretty easy pick, isn't it? Realistically, Sean last season, he's not going back to Forest now. They've got Nico. This is just a good move for all parties. I am, I'm actually fascinated to see how he'll do in the Premier League because he was naturally sort of heralded as a superstar talent in the Championship. We know that doesn't always translate, so it will be a fascinating one to watch under. Conte as well, who, let's be honest, does expect major things from his wing-backs, you know, the distance and the pace they run. So, yeah, be an interesting one to see. Now, interestingly, you bring that up because uh, heading the opposite direction out the door looks like Mr. Regulon uh, and yeah. Sevilla are the, are the target there. Yeah, the famous for Sevilla, the old Monchi style of sell a player, buy him back for half the price and watch him be twice the price, twice the player he was before. You know, there, there are skills at that. It's interesting, Conte, I mean, he is absolutely ruthless, isn't he? There's no messing around now. He's got that backing. He's got the backing of the player he wants. They're in the Champions League. If you've seen their pre-season training, he is running them to the absolute limit. Like, you know, make no doubts about that. People are passing out type of thing. And in true Conte ruthless style, there's four of them. Regulon is one of the ones you, you are not in my plans. Go away. I don't want you in my sight type of thing. So it's a weird one because I wouldn't say he's been bad, so to speak. Maybe not shown as a superstar, but he's not been a bad player, Regulon. So obviously there'll be takers around Europe and it looks like Sevilla will be taking him back at a fraction price. So yeah, g- good move for them probably. And I'm sure we can't wait to get out of London. 
Now, another one then, and the second one that I wanted to throw in that uh, I've seen today, and it's from Calcio Mercato, so we can probably maybe not take it that seriously. But interesting that West Ham are being linked with the Sassuolo striker, Gianluca Scamacca, who, you know, I've I've heard a lot of good things about, but again, will be someone who's not that well-known to most people. But they're looking there, there's the talk of a fee around the 40 million mark with Paris Saint-Germain interested as well. That's an interesting one. Has that come on your radar at any stage? Yeah, West Ham are very, very serious about this. They, they, there's a bid on the table. I, the initial bid was below what they wanted. Like you say, it's around the 40 million mark they're looking for. However, what, what we know is the bid's not a million miles away. There's not that much for West Ham to come up, shall we say, to sort of meet that marker. Again, I'm always, this sounds terrible. I'm always worried, Trev. Italian internationals in the Premier League. History tells us it doesn't always go that well, does it, in all honesty, that that jump for Italian internationals to the Premier League. So it might work out. However, it's also a position when I think I look at West Ham's attacking options, it could be brilliant because, you know, he's being fed by the likes of Bowen, you know, the, um, I can't remember the Moroccan lad's name. They've got some real talents, but ahead of Mikel Antonio, hmm. And I'm not really sure, put it that way, but a player with a great international pedigree and a good reputation, but my gut tells me if it happens, Italian internationals do not do that well in the Premier League. So I'll just put that out there. And before we wrap it up with our final little story from the Premier League, two other clubs uh, with a bit of movement going on are Brentford and Fulham in terms of eyeing deals that are close to getting done. Yeah, because it's, it's easy just to talk about the big boys, but we should note the, the other moves. So, Fulham, um, Brentford, sorry, we'll do first of all. Yeah, broke their, their transfer record a couple of times. So, Lewis Potter from Hull. Sounds, does sound like a Harry, doesn't he, when I thought about that? I nearly missed it there. Yeah. And the other one, Aaron Hickey. So, Scottish international. Interestingly, from he ended up at Bologna. So, big moves, sort of a, a full-back, an attacking midfielder, attacker you could call Lewis Potter. So, it will be interesting to see how they do. Again, it's a true Brentford move, isn't it? If you take Christian Eriksen as the exception, just for anyone throws that at me. Brentford, non-fashionable players based on specific metrics. That's what they look at. You know, that is their style. So they're in their second season, which, you know, is the, the big test for the club that stays up or has that, that first season survival. So it will be interesting. Not fashionable. I'm not even going to pretend I know the players that well either, Trev. So we'll have to see how they do. And Fulham? Yeah, this this is actually, I mean, I, I got stick off one Fulham fan actually on Twitter, actually messaged me, which I found quite funny because I called Fulham and Bournemouth in the race for 19th at one stage. So mm. Issa Diop, the, um, the West Ham centre-half, he's, you know, they're having discussions about him. I mean, at one stage, do you remember in our centre-back crisis, we'd even asked about him. So it's quite interesting. I think... If, and it is an if, I'm putting that out, you know, we're not saying this is close. If that happens, that's a great move for Fulham. I really do think that, you know, Fulham's problem, as I said, is always going to be the amount of goals they concede. You know, Mitrovic is not going to score 400 or whatever it is like he did last season in the Premier League. So can they keep them out the other end? If that happens, I think that will be Fulham's move of the summer. I'm not, just for the record, 18th maybe at best, but a good move for them. 
Now, I'm not sure if this is going to go out straight afterwards, but in case it is, and in case people are interested in this type of thing, Jimmy Pierce just telling us that Alison, Joe Gomez, Diego Jota, Tom Hill, and uh, Fraundorf are all ruled out of the game against Palace in uh, less than two hours. And the starting 11 will be Adrian, Milner, Kanate, Matip, Simicus, Henderson, Jones, Elliot, Ox, Firmino and Diaz, that's just by the by. And we want to finish with uh, a story about a Manchester City player, Mr. Zinchenko, and a move yeah. potentially to Arsenal. Uh, and also uh, another incoming for City, uh, who are obviously very strongly linked with Cucurella as well. So maybe you might finish our roundup for the day on that story. Yeah, it's, it's a weird one. Zinchenko is a polarising player. I think he's a solid left-back. He's not a superstar, but he's a solid left-back. So, yeah, it seems Arsenal are very much a deep in conversations we know with City for him. I look at Arsenal and think, you know, where's he going to play? Is he going to get ahead of Kieran Tierney? Kieran Tierney. Injuries tend to be Tierney's problem, don't they? So, I think it, it's not a bad move, not a brilliant move, but not a bad move for Arsenal. What it does do is City, who they seem to be very frugal this summer, almost not balancing the books. That would be wrong to ever say. But, you know, the, the net spend, as we love to talk about, won't be as high as people think it is. That will free up that money for Kukurea, who did very well at Brighton. Again, I think, giving a lot of freedom down that side of the style that Brighton play. So, yeah, it's a weird one, Trevor. It comes down to opinions, doesn't it? I think it will be a decent signing for Arsenal. It doesn't answer all their problems, but a decent signing. If Kukurea goes to City, again, City love £50 million backup fullback story. <laughs> Pep's career, they just collects him, loves him, doesn't he? £50 million quid backup fullbacks is what it's about. So, he fits that mould. A decent player. De- yeah, we'll file it under decent moves all round. And that's a good spot for us to end, Dave. Listen, man, um, I can't really... Uh, express how much admiration I have for keeping all that information uh, at your fingertips there and ready to go and fill people in as I'm just queuing you up story after story. Fair play for another one. Really appreciate it. No problems. Pleasure. And we will talk to you again next week. Myself and Dave will be back with this very show and hopefully more madness from the entertaining section of the transfer market. Until then, take care. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.